Good morning, and welcome to Bear Independent. It is the 6th of June, 2023, and I'm your host, Bear from the Internet. We are going to do the Intel brief today. We're going to talk about uh, wildfires, the debt ceiling, Saudi Arabian oil, and how that's going to impact us here in the States, and also the implications of Target's unwavering support for Pride Month. If you're new here, subscribe, ring the little bell icon, comment for the algo. If you're not new here, you know what to do. Drop a comment, share the show with somebody you love, please and thank you. And check to make sure that YouTube hasn't unsubscribed you, because they do that. They hate this channel. That's alright. I have a brother who likes to say, uh, we can cut Goliath's head off with his own sword. Yup, read that story in the Bible. It's badass. David killed Goliath with a rock. Nope, he knocked him down with a rock, and then he picked up Goliath's sword and chopped his head off. Shall we do the brief? Yes, we shall, Bear. All right, fabulous. Five Goon 23. What, what is the month of Goon? I don't know if the LMNOPs can uh, decide what they want to call the month, so can we. So it's no longer the month of June. Besides, that name is thousands of years old. It's now the month of Goon. Marpat and Nods. Do the things. Bear Independent. Brief, 5 Goon, 23. Oh, please that mustache from the coffee. Tis the season for wildfires. A 5,000 acre wildfire in New Jersey, of all places, is now 80% contained. I gotta say, I'm not surprised that New Jersey is on fire. The petrochemical state... Yes, there are some areas of New Jersey, southwestern New Jersey, bordering Pennsylvania that are pretty nice. Or at least they were 20 years ago the last time I was there. The rest of it? Mm, excellent targets for nuclear weapons. A 5,000 acre wildfire in New Jersey is now 80% contained. And in Minnesota, they've already seen 500 wildfires this last month, you know. Michigan is currently battling a wildfire that started from a campfire on private property and has since erupted into roughly 3,000 a roughly 3,000 acre swath of destruction. Good times. Even Nova Scotia, Canada is currently fighting the blaze of the largest wildfire in its history. In fact, Canada is facing the most severe wildfire season on record with 82 of its 211 wildfires burning out of control, according to Canada's, Minister, Canada's Minister of Public Safety. By the way, I hate that phrase, minister, uh, in a government context. I don't know, maybe it's a separation of church and state issue, but yeah, 82 of 211 fires in Canada currently burning out of control. Good times. It's good times. Modeling suggests that wildfire risks will increase by roughly 30 to 50 percent from 2011 to 2060, depending on how much worse heat and dryness become. Modeling of what? Like, uh, you know, the same LMNOPs who are like, the earth is rising by 0.1 degrees Celsius and the polar ice caps are going to melt. Does, have they just curious, have they modeled into their predictions the grand solar minimum? anybody the fact that we have a slight jump in overall temperatures which historically precedes massive drops in overall temperatures and an increase in wetness moisture across the globe no probably not they haven't which by the way i hear um el nino 
is back this year, and it's going to be stupid hot in many parts of the country. Okay, so um, brace yourselves for even more global warming, climate change BS. Uh, well, let's, have you seen the temperatures today? Unprecedented temperatures. Unprecedented to who? The earth? or to your short, narrow, overton window of air quote statistics and data that you've peeled off of the internet. Just curious. Western North America in particular is expected to bear the brunt of it, the increasing heat and dryness leading to wildfires, according to this predictive modeling that has been done by the LMNOPs, the blue hairs, the crazy people. Leanne Langenberg, spokesperson of the Interagency Fire Center, said that while wildfires are part of nature, 9 of 10 wildfires, aka 90%, in the state of Minnesota are caused by human beings. How do we know it's not robots? We don't know, do we? It's a grand robot fire conspiracy bear. Haven't you heard? Hold on, I gotta get the Reynolds wrap from the kitchen. Caused by human beings, you people, you just biological people, you are the problem with Earth. If we just had fewer people, Georgia Guidestones, anybody, just, you know, 500 million people total on the planet, we'd have fewer wildfires. People are destroying the Earth. I can hear the narratives already. Blah, 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 blah. Quote from Leanne Langenberg, it really takes all of us doing our part to be safe and mindful, she said. Clearing flammable debris from your property and from your home is important as is staying prepared for evacuation. There's a couple of things I want to touch on. Um, a lot of people like to focus on their bug out plan, man. I, you know, some people are like, I'm never bugging out. If your home's on fire, I promise you, you're bugging out. Hmm, never thought about that. Yeah, I know. What does Pastor Joe say? Contemplate the unthinkable? Men and women of the Bear Nation, structure fires are more common than zombies, Panamanian paratroopers landing in the next town over, Chinese invasions from the south, etc. They're incredibly common. If they weren't, we wouldn't have fire departments. We'd have zombie departments and Panamanian paratrooper departments. Nope, instead we have fire departments because of the commonality of fires. And so I bring this up for two reasons. The first is the I'm never bugging out crowd. You're wrong. You absolutely are bugging out. You just might not consider it a bug out. But if you're leaving your home because there is a threat to your safety within your home, external threat, whatever that threat might be, uh, you're bugging out. And I would submit uh, wildfires, tornadoes, hurricanes, flooding, things of that nature are much more likely than all of this prepper fantasy novel bullshit that is written, you know, and then there was an EMP and then everybody turned into zombies and it was just me and my double barrel shotgun and my faithful dog Lucius and we were on the road with our, you know, Everly stock backpack full of, shut up. Nope. Negative. Well, yes, those books can be entertaining. They're fiction. That's a big word for make-believe or pretend. Fires are incredibly common. And so, question for you, how much have you invested in your prepper gear and bug-out kit versus fire extinguishers for your home, your shop, 
your place of work, your office, your barn. Do you have fire extinguishers? Just asking. Um, recently, two of the lives that have been saved by Refuge Medical were actually the Bear Camp Fire Department because we had a neighbor whose house was on fire. And we showed up and put the fire out. And as it turns out, one of the occupants had a heart attack. Yeah, from the stress of blah, 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 blah. And I assure you that while we were in the process of putting that house fire out, there were no, nobody was shooting at us. There were no zombies. Um, there was not an EMP or a coronal mass ejection. There was just a house on fire. So what preventative equipment do you have for fires? Super basic tip. Well, you should have a fire extinguisher in your kitchen. I disagree. You should have a fire extinguisher near your kitchen because if your kitchen is on fire and you have to go through the fire to get to the fire extinguisher, that's probably not gonna work, okay? So you should also have a fire extinguisher in your vehicle. I've seen vehicle fires a lot. Uh, your vehicle and somebody else's vehicle. So, and in your barn and everywhere else. Okay, fire extinguisher. I know it's not sexy, but why do we prep to mitigate risk, to maintain normalcy for the people that we love? How abnormal would it be to have your house burned down? Now take it from somebody who experienced a $1.3 million loss due to a shop fire in North Texas. A shop fire. Yep. Closed the doors in the evening, went home, got a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning. Hey, you need to come here. Who's this? Fire chief. Shit. Yep. Smoldering pile of ashes. So, it happens. Okay? Okay. All right, bear. So, takeaways from this little segment. Have a fire extinguisher. Know how to use it. Have them readily available everywhere. And don't say I'm never bugging out. Because you are. If your house is on fire or the next door neighbor's house is on fire and so is everything else around you and it's coming for you next. And for those who are in the I am going to bug out camp, when was the last time you dusted off your bug out plan? Do you know where you're going? Have you uh, audited your kit? Have you done a shakedown lately? I would encourage you strongly to please do that. Why? This is not me trying to piss in your Cheerios. It's because I care about you and I don't want you to die. Okay. Okay, bear. For some, the risk is even greater than before. In California, regulations aimed at preventing insurers from accurately pinning a dollar sign on wildfire risk has led to applications for insurance being flat out rejected, leaving Californian homeowners in an unfortunate predicament thanks to the artificial market distortions. As an example, State Farm has calculated that it can no longer insure against potential losses to the increasing wildfires, especially considering the increasing costs to rebuild. Like, everything costs more now. Materials, labor, etc. For those bare nationals in the state of California, it is worth noting that many Californians are turning to the state-imposed fare Fair, that's an acronym because everything in government must be an acronym. It's an unwritten rule. Fair access to insurance requirements plan policies. It appears that this plan may not be able to provide the solid footing intended, as it is already $332 million hairs in debt because the premiums are too low to sustain the program. 
Do you mean to tell me that California rolled in another social program and grossly underestimated the cost that it would take to sustain that program? I don't know why I'm surprised by that, because, I mean, they have such an awesome record of being excellent stewards with people's money and well-being. Now, one of the things that we've been talking about here uh, since Hurricane Michael of last year, during which time Grindstone deployed to Florida, was it was becoming apparent then that on the hush-hush, shh, don't talk about it, Bear, oops, too late, insurance companies are going broke. There is being a very, there is a very quiet consolidation of insurance companies behind the scenes right now. Many, many, many insurance companies are going bankrupt or being consolidated because of things like hurricanes, tornadoes, wildfires. Um, the in, all the actuarial tables that had been developed in order to calculate the risk for these things. And once you know the risk, you know how to insure it, which means you know how to be profitable as an insurance company. Insurance, by the way, is a Ponzi scheme. That's what it is. We all throw our money into the pot, and then if somebody has a problem, we take a little bit of the money, ideally, in the eyes of the insurance company, the least amount of money possible, back out of the pot and give it to this one person. That's how insurance works. Well, when a whole bunch of people who threw money into the pot have a catastrophic issue, houses are gone, um, fly, fire, flood, tornado, hurricane, etc. Or let's say there's a global pandemic mm, where now you have a whole bunch more people taking money back out of the pot. That's an unsustainable business model. The metrics, the input-output metrics have changed and the systems, the actuarial tables that were put in place to calculate the profitability of those businesses have not changed to catch up to the reality of the situation. Ergo, those companies be having no money, yo, which is um, how I believe they say on the streets of Chicago, they be going bankrupt, son. So, just, yeah, we're seeing more and more and more of that happening these days, very quietly, behind the scenes. And the potential problem with that is as we go from 10,000 insurance companies to 1,000 insurance companies to 100 insurance companies to 10 insurance companies, we have even more power and risk coalesced to a smaller group of people. It's part of what's happening with these bank closures that we're seeing is these smaller and medium-sized banks are going under or becoming insolvent. They have no money, yo. The larger banks are scooping them up. Well, think about that from a control standpoint. Is it easier to control 50,000 banks or 5,000 banks or 500 banks or 50 banks total across the nation, across the world? How much easier is it to orchestrate a whole bunch of anti-liberty shenanigans when there's only 50 people I got to talk to instead of 50,000? Hmm. Interesting. I know, right? It's, it's, eh. Yeah, one could argue, like, make it happen versus let it happen. Either way, the end results are the same. Never let a, what is that? Emergency, catastrophe, go to waste. You know what I mean. More coffee is indicated. Fabulous. Oh, sorry, wait, it's not Pride Month. Goon Month. I apologize. Now. It is week nine. Can you believe it? Week nine. 
Monday, the 5th of Goon, 2023, week 9 of 50 Weeks of Preparedness. And as you may have figured out, we're talking about fire this week. So I talked about auditing your bug out bags and your systems. Do you have a fire kit? If so, what is in it? I'm honestly curious. Comment down below. What is in your fire kit? And drum roll, please. Is it waterproofed? Is it waterproofed? Well, Bear, what should be in a fire kit? Well, I'm certainly no expert. Um, I don't teach bush, bushcraft in the mountains, um, but I've been preparing for 18 or so years, and I grew up in the woods in the mountains. So I have some context and some experience with this. What do I have in my fire kit? It's a small Plano, P-L-A-N-O, like the city in Texas, slash the company that makes uh, fishing gear, small, Plano, lockable, watertight case. And in there, I have a Bic lighter that is wrapped in duct tape for a couple of reasons. Uh, duct tape, you know, if you can't duck it, it, right? It's very useful. Also, it's very flammable. Um, you can make band-aids or cordage or fire with duct tape if you have a spark. So I've got a Bic lighter wrapped in duct tape I've got um, two small tea light candles. I've got uh, some waxed paper, and I've got a ferrocerium rod and a striker in there. That's what I have in there. Oh, and a couple of those, like big, uh, you see them in these bougie neighborhoods, like the fire, they're compressed uh, sawdust and wax with like a match tip strike on thing for lighting fireplaces for when, you know, the family comes over for the holidays and we have one fire per year in the fireplace. I've got one of those that's been broken in half to fit inside of there. So I've got some tinder, I've got some spark, I've got a couple of candles, etc., etc. That's what I have in my fire kits. And then part of my EDC, what's an EDC, Bear Man? Everyday carry. I have a lighter in my pocket all the time. I know. But Bear, I thought you don't smoke cigars anymore. Correct. I still have a lighter on me. Um... And this particular one is refillable, so you can refill this with butane. And I forget the exact make and model of this, but it was given to me by a brother. What does that say? Clipper. This is a clipper lighter. Given to me by a brother, I don't know, three or four years ago, and uh, still works because it can be refilled. Or just a standard Bic lighter. Okay? So your ability to make fire is important. I also would just like to add to this, your ability to not make a fire that's 3,000 acres is important. Um, a lot of weekend warriors are responsible for these wildfires. Remember, nine out of 10 fires are started by people, right? You evil, evil person. You are a scourge on the earth and you must be eradicated so we can live in harmony with Gaia. To which uh, there's a part of me that says, <laughs> I eat. F-A-F-O, bro. Uh, open invitation to attempt to eliminate me. Let's see how that goes. But I digress. You have to know how to make a fire, but not such a large fire that A, you're expending tons of fuel, B, you're now a threat to yourself and everybody else around you. So practice fire making. Maybe this weekend you practice fire making. It, uh, it rained here a lot. Saturday afternoon through Sunday morning. Sunday morning, I made a fire. 
with wet wood and wet tinder and wet, wet everything. So knowing how to do that is important. Um, you get into uh, the art, the science of batoning wood and breaking wood apart so you can get to the dry wood on the inside and the angularity of the fuel that you're going to feed into the fire because fire likes angles, not round stuff. And the lay of the fire and you know how you can coax a spark into a flame and, and all of that. Like, go practice that stuff. That's just like a basic skill that humans should possess. Okay? Okay, bear. Now on Wednesday... Uh, we'll be talking about fire prevention, and on Friday, we'll be talking about homestead mitigation of fire risk. So, stay tuned, okay? Okay, Bear. Cool. Now, uh, we talked about California amazingly, somehow, somehow, defying all logic, already being $332 million in debt for this insurance program. <sighs> Speaking of debt... In other news, relief is reverberating after President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. asterisk the potato himself, possibly a cyborg and or a reptilian overlord, definitely three to five body doubles, not including the CGI computer programming, just signed the crucial debt ceiling deal. Congratulations, your children are even more enslaved now. A crucial step for preventing a catastrophic debt default now that the debt limit has been raised. Extensive negotiations across the aisle included the problematic fiscal spending of the government and the burden of student loan debt. Representative Garrett Graves said in an interview with Face the Nation, quote, We cannot continue down this path of endless borrowing. We need responsible fiscal policies that prioritize the long-term economic health of our nation. End quote. This debt ceiling deal, uh, the narratives on both sides of this debt ceiling deal have been tailored, they've been modeled intentionally to get you and everybody else spun up and breathless about what happens if we default on our debt and then China's going to come in and impose martial law and then we're going to default and Social Security is going to be underfunded and then all this bad stuff is going to happen and there's going to be wars and rumors of war. Yep, maybe or maybe uh, they just wanted to get you spun up in fear because fear is an excellent motivator and it is a key part of the Hegelian dialectic. Thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Create the problem, propose the solution to the problem, control the outcome. That's what they're doing. That's what they've always been doing. Governance in the United States of America at the federal level is and has been for, by my best guess, the last hundred years, a dog and pony show. It is a dog and pony show. Treat it as such. With regard to student loan debt... The Democrats pushed for provisions for relief for millions of borrowers that are under intense financial strain. Republicans asserted that the burden that that would create for taxpayers would be unsustainable. Representative Greg Murphy stated, quote, We must find alternative solutions to address student loan debt without putting the financial burden on hardworking American taxpayers. It is essential to strike a balance that ensures accountability while assisting those struggling with loan repayment. Ultimately, the debt ceiling deal has avoided an immediate catastrophe, but the division between political parties continues to be an issue as the United States navigates its economic recovery. Now, in regard 
to student loan debt. Forgive me for a lack of compassion. You agreed. You, Mr. or Mrs. Crushed by Student Loan Debt. You agreed. You signed on the dotted line. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. This is a biblical concept, Old Testament and New Testament. So it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Christian. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. You agree to this. Now, were you sold a false bill of goods? Did you buy into a narrative that I can go to college and get a four-year degree and make $100,000 a year in perpetuity? Maybe. Or did you go to college and party and get a degree in underwater basket weaving? Or um, the emotional state of ferrets? Or some other horse crap that has no actual real-world practical applicability? That's your fault. You are a bad steward of that opportunity, not me. I have zero interest in the federal government telling me that I have to take money out of my pocket, my wallet, my bank account, and give it to you because you couldn't be trusted with little. He who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. And isn't it interesting that once the government essentially guaranteed that all people will have access to college-level education, that the cost of said education quadrupled, quintupled, in some cases 10x'd? Hmm, interesting. Kind of like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and then we see these exorbitant prices on homes and properties now because the government said so. I'm not surprised that the market responded the way that it did, but it's not my responsibility if you bought into a bullshit paradigm. And if we keep bailing people out, they never suffer the ramifications of their actions. Actions have consequences, right? Well, if we keep nerfing the corners of the consequences, people don't learn. And maybe that's the point from the government. The rich rule over the poor and a borrower is slave to the lender. Maybe that's the entire point. A nation of slaves operating under the guise of air quote freedom and air quote democracy. What we have today for freedom, and this is something that Andy Frazella has been talking a lot about lately, and I agree. What we call freedom today is a shadow of what our founding fathers intended. But I would submit we are shadows of the men that those men were. Those men went to war over a 1% tax on tea. And if you read some of the documents <coughs> of those men, their writings, some of them, when asked, what was it about a 1% tax on tea that made you go to war? The responses are incredible. One gentleman, whose name escapes me, said something to the effect of, it's not about the tea. I don't drink tea. I don't care about tea. It's about these people, the British at that point, thinking that they have the right to tax us. Doesn't matter if you don't drink tea. Doesn't matter if you're nowadays on Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid or SNAP benefits or whatever else. Doesn't matter. Or even if you are, if you are a tea drinker, if you do participate, 
Where are you, where's your spine? Where are your balls? At what point do we simply say no? Nope, not doing that. Speaking of which, praise the most high to all my felons out there according to the ATF and their rule, not a law, their rule on the pistol brace, national compliance by their best guess has been 0.6%. 99.4% of people who own a certain shape of plastic have basically said, no, I'm not participating in your delusions. Thank you very much. FAFO, come and get it. Molon Lave. That actually gives me hope for this country. Good job. Keep it up. Now. Now. Got a couple other things I want to look at today. One is from RT. Russian propaganda, Saudi refuge, uh, not refuge, definitely not refuge, Russia today. Sorry, I own a company called Refuge Training that we also refer to as RT, so different RT. Russia today. Saudi pledge pushes oil prices higher. Riyadh has announced a voluntary supply cut of 1 million barrels per day starting in July. Mm, also about the time that people be driving around during the summer, which is always when uh, oil prices, gas prices go up anyway. Now, I have just an inkling, a thought, um, an intuition. It's not a fully developed concept yet. But this article makes me think. We'll get to what it makes me think in a minute. Global crude oil prices have risen after Saudi officials announced plans to cut production by an extra 1 million bar barrels per day starting from July. The move is expected to take the country's output to its lowest level in several years. The main benchmarks jumped more than 2% on Monday following the news, so already an increase in price. Brent crude futures were trading at $77 a barrel at 9.50 a.m. London time, up 2.3%. U.S. West Texas intermediate futures stood at $73.50 per barrel, over 2.4% higher. On Sunday, the OPEC Plus group of leading oil-producing countries opted not to make changes to previously planned production curbs for the rest of the year. Saudi Arabia's output will decline to 9 million barrels per day from around 10 million barrels per day, so that's about a 10% reduction, in May. The kingdom's energy minister, Prince Abdulaziz bin Salman, said in a statement. He added that his country, quote, will do whatever is necessary to bring stability to this market. End quote. Now, also buried in this article is the fact that uh, Russia, their quota for next year, according to the agreement, will be reduced to 9.8 million barrels per day, down from 10.5 million barrels per day. So an, a reduction in the exportation of Russian crude as well. The exporting, production of crude. So I think when the Saudis say the idea here is to bring stability to the market, I think actually reducing the output has less to do with bringing stability to the market and more to do with A, driving prices up and B, if you ask me, keeping their economic magazines topped off. We've talked ad nauseum at this channel on the likelihood, the great probability for conflict with China in the near future. In fact, we talked on Friday about the U.S. Navy telling the uh, Bath Ironworks, 
you need to speed up production on ships because we are going to war with China. War, at its most basic level, is a game of resources. It is the allocation of certain resources, bombs, take, tanks, planes, guns, men, against the acquisition of or defense of other resources, food, energy, land mass, freedom of travel, heroin, cocaine, if you're the CIA, etc. Well, energy, energy is crucial to the function of a nation. It can be argued in large part that the reason that Germany did not succeed in World War II was because of their inability to supply the war machine with fuel. Not the only factor, but certainly a key factor in uh, the failure of a certain oddly mustached man to achieve his ambitions between uh, you know 1938-ish and 1945 ish. So I think there's an element here, given the high probability of global conflict, that the Saudis are keeping their magazines topped off. They're keeping stuff in reserve. And that actually, that long-term strategy fits nicely with their short-term strategy of if we reduce the supply on the market, supply and demand, demand is constant. So if we reduce the supply, that therefore drives the price per unit up. We shall see. This article is from The Blaze, um, which to anybody who's at The Blaze listening right now, your website gets worse and worse by the day. There are more and more ads. There are more and more stupid fluff stories every day. I check The Blaze every day, and it is very rare, if you've been following the show for any length of time, that I actually read an article from The Blaze because they are getting worse and worse and worse every day. I don't know if you had a change in management or leadership or ownership or what, but the resulting product is becoming subpar. It feels like I'm reading a conservative version of like uh, one of those tabloid magazines that's at the checkout register at the dollar store. Stop it. Washington Post article accuses bigoted right-wing extremists of inciting anti-democracy targeting boycott. So, that's the subtitle. The Washington Post is receiving pushback for publishing an article painting conservatives who support the target boycott as extremists and opponents to democracy. Well, let's just start with that. Extremists. Yes, I am a religious extremist. I believe in the literacy of the Bible, and I believe that the Father's laws uh, supersede the laws of man. And if you infringe my First Amendment rights, F-A-F-O, bro. I think that counts as an extremist in today's day and age. Although, I would submit again that that worldview is much more in line with our founding fathers than who currently operates the federal apparatus. And as far as opponents to democracy, you bet your ass I am. Democracy is not what we have. We have a representative republic if you can keep it. Because yet again, a democracy is, the goal of a democracy is to create equality amongst its constituency. And in this case, a quality of outcome, not a quality of opportunity, which is, in other words, socialism, the distribution of, uh, of all the resources across all of the constituency, and dare I say fascism, the merging of state and production, which is, everybody, the slide that we go down towards communism. 
versus a republic, which is designed to, the point of a republic is to protect individual liberties. The government does not give you your liberties. You have God-given, constitutionally protected rights. The Constitution does not give you rights. It protects those rights that were given to you by the creator of the universe. I mean, read the founding documents. The laws of nature and nature's God. Hmm, I wonder who that could be. Answer, it's not people in three-piece suits and wingtips in Washington, D.C. So am I, am I an opponent of democracy? You bet your ass I am. Representative Republic, please and thank you. The Washington Post published an article titled Target Gets Caught in Cultural Crossfires Over Pride Month Items. By the way, again, it's the month of goon. It's not Pride Month. I mean, again, we see the enemy. First of all, why Pride Month? Well, isn't pride the reason that Satan fell from heaven? Mm-hmm. Pride. So why are we celebrating that? Well, clearly... There's an agenda here that is not of the Father, it is of man. And that is, that is the yin and yang, if you will, in this situation. Do you believe in and will serve the creator of the universe, or do you believe in man? Well, being a man, a biological male, which by the way doesn't make you a man, but being a man, I'm quite familiar with the shortcomings of men. And so if I have to put my faith and hope in an entity, I'm going to go with the creator, not with man. The article about the supposed right-wing extremism stemming from a retail boycott begins with the account of a female customer allegedly upset because Target was, quote, carrying Pride Month merchandise. The woman reportedly using her own scissors to cut her Target credit card in front of the guest services at Target location in South Florida and informed employees, I am never shopping here again. Good. Good. Now, when it comes to this, this is America. You're free to believe whatever you want to believe. You're not free to shove it down my throat. And I'm free to disagree with you. And everybody who did shop at Target but doesn't want to anymore because of whatever reason is free to believe that whatever they want. Now, the Washington Post and any other outlet is also free to try and shape the narrative around what's happening here as extremists and opponents to democracy. That's fine. I'm free to not believe what you tell me. I don't care. But let me tell you something. If you think a single lady cutting up her Target credit card in front of the guest services booth at Target is extremism, you ain't seen shit yet. I'm telling you, that's nothing. Now, I believe, the last I heard, Target's earnings were down uh, 16% to the tune of about $9 billion. Good. FAFO. Actions have consequences. Choose wisely. Pastor Joe Fox at Viking Preparedness. I got a video from somebody yesterday who was in a Walmart who uh, found a whole bunch of, like, pride towels, love is love, and, like, rainbow t-shirts and all that stuff and said a person got a bunch of like the 
32 gallon hefty garbage cans and just took all that stuff and threw them in the garbage can and then put the garbage cans back over where the garbage cans go. Good. Good. Outright reject evil. See, the rainbow, which has been co-opted by the LMNOPs, is a sign from the Father, the Noahic covenant, that he will never destroy all flesh again with the flood. So yet again, we see the enemy, the imposter, Hasatan, Satan, the Nahash, choose your phrase, Lucifer, the son of the morning, etc., etc., etc. We see this asshole taking the sign of the Father and twisting it for evil. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Yeah, woe to those. That sign is from the Father, and it is a promise that he loves us. Real love. Not love is love. Real love. From the creator of the universe to you. And that sign has been co-opted by this evil movement to mean something other than what it was intended to be. Because the enemy is an imposter. I'm glad the target is suffering because of their stupid decisions. Maybe if we still have some remnant of free market capitalism here in the United States of America, regardless of whether or not you agree with Target or any of these other woke companies, good. I'm a, I'm a believer in laissez-faire capitalism. If you want to alienate 10%, 20%, 50% of your customer base, don't whine when that alienated customer base responds. You did that. You chose to do that. Why? Well, ESG, social credit scores, right? Those companies are dependent upon incredibly large amounts of finance, which can only be provided by certain banks. Those certain banks are in bed with everybody's favorite supervillain, Klaus Schwab, and the World Economic Forum that is pushing this bullshit. And so in order for Target and these other large companies, Anheuser-Busch, Nike, etc., etc., to have access to that funding to cash flow their businesses, they have to, they have to do this stupid, woke bullshit to stay afloat. So, the rich rule over the poor and a borrower is slave to the lender. Yup. I'm not going to participate in any of that woke BS. And every time you don't participate in that, it's not just a middle finger to Target. It's not just a middle finger to Satan. It's not just a middle finger to the co-opted narratives of the Bible and the Father's perfect word, which is now being used to lie to the masses because it's been twisted by the enemy. It's a middle finger to the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab as well. So just bear that in mind the next time you've got some cash burning a hole in your pocket. Who am I going to spend it with? Some company, some corporation that is engaged in actual evil practices? Or maybe a mom and pop that's not? By the way, those trash cans that got filled with pride stuff, that was at a Walmart. Yeah. That is the brief for today. If you're one of those people when it's time uh, to discuss the value exchange here at this channel that jumps off, here's your polite invitation to beat feet. Skedaddle. Get out of here. Have a blessed day. 
Shalom. For everybody else, let's talk. Links in the description down below to all this stuff. Patreon, put a Patreon feature length video up this morning on Patreon on buying land, rural land, and the things you need to look for, the questions you need to ask yourself before you even start looking for land. Because I've bought several pieces of rural property and I have counseled and consulted with dozens of people who have as well. And there's a lot of questions that you don't even know you need to ask. So if that's you, if you're on Patreon already, go watch that video. If you're not on Patreon, it's $5 per month. And it is a consultancy. It's the best five bucks you can spend on the internet. Okay? Okay. Refugemedical.com. Yesterday was the launch of the Origin Whitetail Kit. Origin, like working with that company, Origin, that makes stuff here in the United States of America. This kit is so new that I don't have one, y'all. That's what it looks like. That's an SOB kit in Origin Raptor Camo right there. I don't even have one to hold up on camera yet, okay? These are in high demand. Uh, it's with the Origin Raptor Camo. It's our standard SOB kit that is done up in Origin Raptor Camo. And uh, they're just gorgeous, if you ask me. Here's another pick right there. Oh, stand by. Right there. Focus, you dumb thing. They're, they're phenomenal. So those are available in the store today. Go and check those out. There is free shipping uh, above a certain dollar amount, which escapes me at the moment, domestic shipping in the continental United States of America, CONUS. And um, as always, everything is HSA and FSA eligible. And um, if, you're, uh, if you need to do GSA stuff, email sales at refugemedical.com. Okay, so if you, uh, your agency, your organization, your mutual assistance group, if you need to do a bulk buy and or GSA, sales at refugemedical.com is the email. Okay, bear. Pecola, Oklahoma. More refuge training classes. Responder 1, Responder 2, Responder 3. Responder 1 is the March algorithm. Massive bleeding, airway, respiratory circulation, head injury, hypothermia, everything else. And that is a four-hour classroom setting where you get multiple reps and sets of applying tourniquets to yourself, tourniquets to everybody else in the classroom, wound packing, applying chest seals, etc. The cost of the class includes your trainer kit, so you get a full medical kit with the class that is yours that you keep when you leave. And the idea behind that is force multiplication. So you can go back to your school, your business, your church, your mutual assistance group, your family, and teach them what you just learned. Okay, so that's responder one. Responder two is a follow-on, which is CPR and AED in a tactical setting, plus more reps and sets on wound packing, applying tourniquets, chest seals, nasal pharyngeal airway, etc. And then the beginning intro to scenario-based training where you will work a motor vehicle accident with crisis actors and fake blood and smoke and screaming and auditory exclusion and tunnel vision and induced stress. And it's phenomenal. And Responder 3 is a 10-hour outdoors smoke session of individual and team scenarios where you have to... Um, navigate the opposition forces using force on force blue guns and blank firing adapters 
do casualty evacuations, learn how to move casualties, um, more reps and sets under pressure with people screaming at you covered in fake blood, uh, to pack, pack wounds, apply tourniquets, apply chest seals, triage, we get into triage, active shooter response, uh, all types of things in Responder 3. I've had 18-year-old PT studs and grandmas complete Responder 3. So don't think that, well, that sounds terrible, I can't do that. The intensity is modulated to each individual student. It is an intense class, and it is a physical class, but it is modulated to each individual student. So, all those are at refugetraining.com. Don't be an ass, come to class. Last but certainly not least is grindstoneministries.com. If you think it is an abomination that there are people out there who are selling children as slaves so that they can have sex with them, we agree with you. And unlike 90% of the anti-human tracking industry, we actually do something about it. Rescue and restore juvenile human trafficking survivors. I have two dozen kiddos in my care right now, ages 1 to 19. It costs us more than $30,000 a month for our operational expenses just to take care of those children and provide their every need and most of their wants. To put them back together again, to forsake not the widow and the orphan, to provide a biblical covering and to break generational curses. If you'd like to participate in that, grindstoneministries.com. Sign up for the email newsletter. You can donate if you feel led to do so. And of course, there are links to all the swag in the description as well from our brothers and sisters at Sanctified Supply Co., the Caleb House, which is our restoration facility, long sleeves t-shirts and hoodies, our brother Saw's Facts Not Feelings t-shirt, and our brother Rex's t-shirt as well. Proceeds from which go to help us build Caleb House. That's the show for today. I appreciate y'all very much. Have a blessed day. Shalom.